0: Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo Show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo Show. Alright, hey, thanks for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. Before we get started with the show, all I have to say is please subscribe to my YouTube channel, jump on, Uh, there's a link to it. On my website at www.socialjello.com i want to hit a thousand subscribers that's my goal that way i can get more content and push better stuff out there and work on that stuff today i have nick to avoid butchering nick's last name i'm just not gonna say it <laughs> nick's a really cool guy he's a professional musician and a music teacher and also an mma practitioner and he shares his stories about how he got into MMA and he's not a professional fighter and we'll talk you're gonna learn about that, but I, I think it's a really great interview about someone who is learning how to balance his everyday life with MMA training. So check it out. And we're live, we're live. and we're live. <laughs> we're live recording. We're not live, well while it's going anybody who watches this show knows this i hope maybe i'm here i'm here with nick 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 you know i don't even have your last name brother what's your last name um aliyev like a president of azerbaijan <laughs> oh wow yeah that's i i probably can't i don't even know what country that is but <laughs> <laughs> All you need to know is a, it's a
1: president's surname.
0: It's a president. It's a presidential yeah. name. It's, yeah.
1: it's 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 high class. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. 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 So, yeah. so Nick is uh as I mentioned earlier in the intro, Nick is a uh, is an MMA practitioner. Uh he trains out in Shanghai. What's it like training in Shanghai, man?
1: Uh it's it's amazing actually. It's amazing because you have People all over the world in, in you know, inspiring in in your gym, in uh, in competitions taking part. So it's it's cool. It's pretty cool. And um, considering that it's a it's a big city, you have people who are practicing different styles of, of martial arts. When you you know there 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 a lot of a lot of Conversations going on uh, in, you know, all different martial arts, especially in the MMA, when you have these moments when somebody does it this way and somebody does it that way, and you know, uh, even with with my coach, we had this uh, this thing how to how he was teaching me how to punch, and he said in the United States they don't they don't do a step when they when they do punch right in 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 classic boxing but in russia and ukraine and that's where he learned it he does he does make a, a small step when he, when he when he's crossing or yeah most of the times when he does cross so so because you want to be close to your opponent and you do this small step with your right right hand right foot if you are uh, an orthodox stance. Yeah, so it's it's cool to know different ways how and and people different people background. They come there, they share. Uh, East European fighters they are a little bit different than Asian fighters and a little bit different than uh, than Western fighters. So it's 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 pretty cool.
0: So you were saying in in Shanghai. You have all these people from different mar- martial arts backgrounds training, so the training is very diverse you, you get you get taught different perspectives for different stuff
1: yeah 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 that's that's pretty much what I, what i was saying and it's cool it's cool to, to 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 have people from different parts of the world that's that is always interesting you know
0: yeah, and that's actually people always ask me the same question like if I live in Japan. Why do I keep coming back to Shanghai to train in MMA? <coughs> and then all of my students out here—they're—they're uh, they're Japanese, so they're always wondering like, why? Not—not why. They're always asking me like, oh, so you're training with a lot of Chinese people? Like you're going to train with Chinese people in MMA? I'm like, actually no. Uh, in Shanghai they have a real, like the same thing you just mentioned. I, I go—I go there for the international community. Yes, there is. Yeah. There's a lot of Chinese folk who who do train in uh in mma and it's cool to to work with them as well but i feel like the the pool of people is a lot more diverse than the area of japan i live in
1: yeah 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 i I'm, i've never been there in, the, in that area where where you live but i've about shanghai i can i i kind of feel the same that it, it's just a huge 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 foreign community which is endless basically
0: and where did you uh? Where did you? Where are you originally from? I, I don't think I asked you that before. Uh, I'm from Georgia. You're from Georgia, and not to 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 clarify. Though, so my <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> my yeah, listeners, <laughs> my listeners, my <laughs> listeners in the U.S. are like, he doesn't sound like he's from Georgia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, yeah, song boys. <laughs> you don't sound like South boy.
0: <laughs> that that's the well. That's golf to be. Georgia. Y'all, y'all, y'all got some strange accents over there. That part's Georgia from.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you get when you go to Atlanta. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So you're originally from Georgia, the country, not the state. And um, yeah. yeah. When uh, when did you start training in martial arts out there?
1: A um, it actually was like. I, I, I've trained twice in my life in Georgia. First of all, when I was six and seven, so like a year and a half, maybe or two, I was really, really small, really, really young. And I trained kickboxing. And then, I, then I fell off the tree and injured my head and uh, had an, a, a good amnesia. Wow. So I, I, I don't remember some stuff.
0: Um and how were just how old were you when you fell out of the tree? 7 7 7. So, you started doing some kickboxing when you were 2? 6 6 sorry 6 sorry. Yeah. Six. 6 6. And, and then seven, I I stopped. Uh you of kickboxing when you were 6 and you fell out of a tree and you hit your head so hard that you ended up with uh head trauma and you had amnesia. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. Wow, and and the doctor said because uh, when I was a kid, I had my eyes were not like I I couldn't look straight, so my eyes had some problems, <laughs> and uh, they fixed it because my muscles um, were pretty weak, my eye muscles, and my doctor said that um, if I go back to training and I get hit in the head, I might have problems. With uh, eyesight, so of course my parents were like, "No, no, 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 no! You're you're doing basketball
0: from now, because
1: <laughs> they they don't hit you in the head."
0: No, Non-contact golf, golf. We're yeah, putting, we're putting you in golf. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you are playing chess, my my
0: mate. <laughs> from now on, join the chess club. We're buying you yeah. <laughs> we're buying you some sweater vests and you're joining the chess club. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so the so, the, yeah. the the eye problem was that before was that before the head injury or after? It was before head injury, oh, okay. but so after right. head
1: injury it could it could come back because I was young and my muscles it, they have had to be become stronger. It kind of like uh, they had to to establish and when you are young it's still forming right and that's why that's why i'm doing it now because i'm i'm pretty old <laughs> i think they they're already established so i i, I won't have this problem anymore uh, until i get hit really hard <laughs> let's see i don't know i don't know yet. i i have to figure it
0: out <laughs> you know and, and just to kind of clarify with my listeners again um you when you you, you train mma you train in mma and i and I, this is the reason yeah. i actually wanted to bring you on the show because a lot of people that uh that view MMA training, they think it's only for pro people that want to become professional fighters. So they're like, oh, those MMA guys are those crazy people that go into a cage and bash each other's faces in. And um, and they don't – if you've never done MMA and you go to an MMA class and you see people tackling each other and hitting each other on the ground, it looks really – aggressive and scary. Mm-hmm. So many people mm-hmm. think that that's reserved only for people that are going to become professional fighters. But in, in your case, are you trying to become a professional fighter?
1: Uh no, yeah, no, not really. Not yeah. really because um I got a bunch of other stuff to do, but I do like to to compete in a in a match or competition. That's that's basically my goal to win couple competitions i it, basically i want to step into the cage that's that's my goal yeah
0: and have you um, have you because, you know have you had any amateur mma fights yet or you're still trying to work to that not
1: yet not yet mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be having um uh, i guess sparring in our club uh in the end of this month and an mma sparring and then i'm going to a boxing competition okay. um in december
0: yeah, and that's exactly why uh, I wanted you on the show cuz I wanted someone just like you. <laughs> that's yeah, right. that ha- that's that their goal is to enter the amateur circuit. Like you you're talking about you your goal is to get into amateur MMA. So you're yeah. kind of you're kind of working your way into an amateur boxing match. Maybe later you'll do an amateur kickboxing and then you'll do like an amateur uh open no-gi jiu-jitsu and try to mix it all together and then jump into the cage. However, road plan you have for that but that's what i want my listeners to understand is that nick is not a professional mma fighter his uh profession what's your what's what's your profession what do you do for for a living
1: um i'm a music teacher (laughs) for for three years i was a musician here i was working as a musician basically the part of the band and then i switched to to teaching high school music
0: yeah so now i'm a teacher so he's a he's a music teacher MMA fighter, but like again for those watching, for the people who are like trying to figure this out again, like people don't know. Uh, maybe some of the listeners do, some don't. Uh, I'm an English teacher, like I was mentioning to you off camera. I teach English as a second language. My main profession is English teaching. Uh, many of my students kind of freak out if i come in with a black eye and whatnot like sometimes i'll teach at, <laughs> i'll teach at public schools and the other day i came in with a black eye and they're like what happened <laughs> like, right. i was you know at a, i was teaching a kickboxing class and you know kind of misjudged a kick, whatever but um yeah so like what i want my listeners to kind of understand and I, the, the point of this podcast was to kind of let you know that um <clears throat> mma is not reserved just for people that want to become professional fighters and even oh, of course and even in any in, in your case it's not even just reserved for people who want to walk into an amateur circuit. I know people that have practiced MMA their whole lives and never fought in the amateur circuit. They only did maybe whatever minimal amount of training that's required if they're I come from Kajikembo, so they did whatever. We do require people to compete, but we don't require them to compete in a full contact amateur circuit. That's not right. That's a different track of fighter. Like right. some people want to do it, some people don't. We understand that. We make sure that their training is intense so that they still have that intensity. And we'll make them, for their belt test, they pretty much have to, in my school, they have to fight. They don't have to fight in the amateur circuit, but they have to do a full contact sparring session with a higher ranking student as, yeah. as, as, as part of their test. But, um, but again, for you, like that's why I wanted you on here, man. I wanted, you, I wanted to go into that topic so that people listening... Understand that MMA can be for everyone, and um,
1: it definitely can, definitely.
0: And like, so you got your head injury. Doctors say you can't train; you're done. Like, or your 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 parents say you can't. You decided to get back into, like, what got you back into martial arts training? Like, knowing all this, knowing knowing the risk involved because of your history and your injury. Uh,
1: Because I I believe you know if, if something doesn't bother you. For a long time you kind of you kind of forget it like a pigeon you know you throw them a breath and and then then they just forget where it falls so (laughs) until i get my ass kicked one more time and i won't realize that hey (laughs) probably i should not do that (laughs) but hey yeah i think it just you know the time thing I think my muscles are okay the eye muscles I have a good eyesight my injury was really long time ago I didn't break my skull or something like that so um, it, I can get away and that's that's the uh, biggest thing now when I will go to a boxing match or whatever when I uh, I'm sparring I'm trying to cover up you know more so I have more reasons for doing that. Keep your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of a challenge, you know. Fight is always a challenge. And even when you train, I think it's it's okay when you don't you, you don't want to fight if you are if you train in MMA or whatever martial arts you train and you don't want to get fights, it's okay. But for me, I think it's like it's kind of. It shows you how did you grew, uh, how did you grow, and uh, also it's uh, it's it's kind of a challenge for you because uh, let's admit fighting is scary, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, fighting is scary, and no matter how skilled and, you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And it, it's like it's like overcoming yourself, you know, stepping into a into a ring. It's not natural for for people anyway. <clears throat> so it's it's interesting how how your body reacts and how your mindset goes and and everything you know uh the tension so it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because it's it is and it's not uh natural for for people i mean all all our history is being wild rude and and violent right so we we do we did fight all the way back, and and we we are fighting wrong now. But as soon as you are a solo fighter, as soon as you step into a fight, you're like, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, I'm gonna die now. This guy gonna kill me, you know. <laughs> all this all these things pumping in your head. But then you you win or lose whatever. It, it's it's kind of interesting. The whole process that go that is going in your head.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a flood of things that come into your head when you when you pick up when you start when you start getting into MMA sparring, once you step into the ring, like there's always another level, but every time you get in there there's always I think trying to I think that's where the focus, like they always talk about in martial arts the the connection between your mind, body and spirit. And yeah. I think I really think that's where you're you're talking about that mind that mind is spirit, like you can learn the techniques, you can learn how to punch, you can learn how to kick, you can learn all the stuff. That's the body, that's the body element. But the mind, yeah. spirit, a lot of people think it's a spiritual connection, but I want to say like, there's this intellectual process and then there's your instinct, which we can call the spirit. And it's, yeah, try- yeah, yeah, it's yeah. trying to use your intellectual process to, it's trying to use your intellectual process to be, because like you said, intellectually, you want to get the hell out of there. And, <laughs> right right and you want to but you want to use your instincts your spirit which is developed in <clears through throat> training um you want to you you really hope that your fighting spirit can overtake your intellectual properties of wanting to get the hell out
1: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> but that's that's the thing right martial arts build build a confidence and it's it, it is always to be um it, it is always better to be a confident a self-confident person rather than not confident because all the problems in in your life is a lot of problems in in, in life comes from being not self-confident and that's a big part of of everybody's life uh, the same thing about like being being bullied or bully somebody you know it's also comes if you want to establish yourself as like alpha dominant somewhere in school or whatever, in in who it's it comes from being not confident. Yeah, you know, and I think martial arts are good for building building good confidence at at, at first place, and. Um, and So they, they, it's, I don't know if martial arts can establish you as a person can make a I I believe can make a better person from you because I don't even, I don't even have a reason for that. I mean, there are a bunch of, 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 of reasons for that, but I cannot pick one. It's all the combination of, of different aspects. Why, why, why is it? Why is it so?
0: And like, I guess, again, you speaking from your personal experience. What were some of the changes that you noticed when you started doing MMA? Like, what were some of the things that you noticed changing in you?
1: Um. Well, I I became more confident, more self confident. I, I became more calm. That's that's the that's the that's the thing, and also, well. Mm, I feel great. Uh, th- that's basically why why I'm doing that. I feel I feel good. I um I mean I cannot live without doing sports uh, because you know teaching job and any gigs when you're doing music gigs it's you stay late. Um, you I go to bed at like three a.m. sometimes, and then the next day I have to wake up and go to school and. I have uh, office work and you know I ha- I I need some release, so martial arts is this release, <clears throat> you know you understand me you are you are a teacher, yeah. you know how to work with kids and then then you go, then you go there in in the gym and punch the bag and you're like yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no there's definitely that I've always had that um and that's what. I mean, my background's a little bit different, and the reason I got into martial arts is a little bit different. If you, if you want to check out some of the history on, on that, you should check out the the podcast I did with Ramsey Dewey. A little name drop out there. Um, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I have to little, check it out. Yeah, yeah, for my listeners, yeah, I put that on the playlist on the Aikido Kembo series because it it has to do with that. But, but yeah, like um, for me, I always ever since I started training when I was a teenager, I had this thing. Where like I had to spar t- at least once a week. That's what we me and my me and my cousin would spar together. We'd be like, dude, I have I have to. Like, I, it's it's building up. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, got yeah, I got yeah. I, I gotta release this tension at least once a week. I gotta get some sparring in there to 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 be more calm because I'm I'm naturally a very uh, kind of amped up aggressive person. So like I needed that. That positive environment to release aggression, where I'm not going to be punished for it, or it's not going to have yeah, any social yeah, repercussions yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, so like that's exactly that really that really did help help me focus <laughs> focus outside of martial arts. And you were saying you're a musician. How long have you been a musician now, man? Oh man, I've been a
1: musician for a long time, but professional musician I became in 2015. 2015. Yes, that's why why I call it professional musician because I I started earning money with that. Before that, it was you know concerts sometimes, sometimes some gigs, but I started uh, constantly doing that for life and nothing but that from two thousand
0: fifteen. Okay, okay. And what what instrument do you play? I'm a guitar player. Okay, you're a guitarist. Cool, cool, cool. So you started playing when did you start playing guitar? Like you became a professional musician in two thousand fifteen. But when did you start like getting into music? <clears throat> oh um,
1: so it was maybe my grade grade four or five when when I started I started classical guitar. And I hated it, man. I hated it. And in Georgia, we we have a uh, separate music. Like, uh, if you want to do music, it's not like a. It's not like in the United States. You don't have music classes in Georgia in school. You have to go um, off campus. Basically, you have to find the teacher or a music school for for learning music. And I went to the music school, and it was miserable. For three, two or three years, I was learning this classical guitar, the Bach and the green sleeves and i I truly hated it and then somehow um in in my class we started we started listening to rap and metal music if you if you can imagine huh. this compilation. And uh, we got, yeah, my, my friends, they brought me first Red Hot Chili Peppers albums oh, and Rammstein okay. albums. Okay. And then we went to Kid Rock and then Metallica and this, this kind of things. And Eminem was really popular at that time. I don't know why I mentioned him, <laughs> but he was. Okay. And Linkin Park and then Sleep Knot. So we started, they, my, my, my classmates, they started a, a band outside the school. And they started doing this. Uh, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, The Beatles, The Rolling Stones things. And as I was the most professional guitar player out of everybody, because they had no idea how to hold the guitar, and I already had, Mm -hmm. I joined them for that. And then I bought my first electric guitar, and then where, 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 where it all started. The party started over there. It was maybe... Yeah, I was maybe... 13 years old when I got my first electric guitar, maybe 14, something about around that. And then I was like, wow, this thing can be cool, you know. And yeah, and I started doing rock music and then I got to metal music. And of course, nowadays I don't play none of it, rock, (laughs) not metal. I'm I'm too old for this. <laughs> now I'm I'm a I'm a jazz age musician. Now I'm like do, 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 ba, da, do, da. <laughs> no yeah no screaming please my
0: ears hurt you know. <laughs> oh that's so funny. <clears throat> so, so you started um and that, and that's funny because like when I was young. I almost became a professional musician. I have a very similar story. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's why. Wow. I, don't, I don't. What did you play? I played guitar. But I, my story is the opposite of yours. Like, my I come from a family of professional musicians. Like, I have two uncles. My mom, on and off, did gigs for money. And um, mm. so what happened was, when I was introduced to music, they were all. We're. we're I'm Puerto Rican. And Mm -hmm. they, they, Puerto Rico has got like this really music rich culture. So like, oh yeah, Yeah, they, uh, they, my uncles, my uncles came at music and my, my, the music that was introduced to me when I said I wanted to start playing music, I was already watching them playing gigs and stuff as a kid. So like uh, they were, Mm -hmm. they were, they were covering like, uh, like they were really into folk, like uh, bands like America and, Mm -hmm. uh, and like the Eagles And like uh, that kind of stuff, like Beatles, like a lot of that seventies folk music. So that was kind of their style. And then they had their original songs that they would write. So I I saw this process. So when I got into music, I didn't really like my none of there was they didn't have a lot of money growing up. So all of them Mm -hmm. learned how to play music on their own. Mm -hmm. Like they essentially taught themselves how to play music and yeah, and became professional musicians. So they never went to a like you did a music school. So when I said I wanted mm-hmm. to start learning music, they just started teaching me. And um my uncle, my my mom was more of a she was never very good at music theory, so she taught me music to feel the music, to listen to the music and feel it and learn how to play stuff by ear. So like that's how she taught me how to play, which was kind of a became a problem later when I started getting more into the professional side of it cuz my producer mm-hmm. my producer would be like okay go ahead and play uh, go ahead and start on you know go ahead and tune the guitar down to e or you know play play a g c d pr- progression i'd look at him like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and, he, and he, look at me. He look at me like, "What the fuck? Like we just showed? Like you just wrote? You just wrote an entire song, and you don't know what G C or D is?" I'm like, "No, no, no." <laughs> you mean the one where I hold it with four fingers? Tell three what
1: fingers? to put fingers. Just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just
0: start. Which fret? Which fret? Yeah, just, which just, finger? Which just, fret? Just start playing. <laughs> Tell me the number of the fret. Number four, five, six. Like that's how I do music. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's not a professional <laughs> so, yeah yeah but like so yeah i came at it completely different from from your background but um so yeah but i had i did play with people like like that came from your background and they had like more of a theoretical approach as i got older i, I got more into that kind of style but um but yeah that's that's really interesting like you kind of came from that's that's what that's another reason I kind of wanted to have you on the show because I don't talk about <laughs> it too much, but like the music that I use for the show, that's all my old bands stuff. There was a point oh, right. where I was gonna transfer into becoming a, a professional musician, and I don't want this podcast to be about that. But long story short, I didn't sign the contract, and um, and everything kind of fell apart after that. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the the goal is yeah, please sign the contract and don't end up with. Don't end up with a guitarist with a drug problem. I guess that would be the... <laughs> 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 that, that, that would be the, the walk-away uh, lesson for you kids listening. Get, Although... this sure work out. Yeah, recently I did click on YouTube <laughs> that kids aren't supposed to watch this show. But if for some reason some young impressionable mind is listening... Yeah, uh... Make sure that everyone's got their shit together before you sign a contract. <laughs> 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 that, that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Don't go crazy before, yeah. go crazy after. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, do
0: a couple tours
1: and a couple albums, and it, then you can end up as, like, like John Bonham or Jim Morrison.
0: Yeah, wait, <laughs> but... wait. Till you have the money before you party like a rock star. Just like that <laughs> right, way. Don't, don't right, party right. like a rock star without the money because then you're just a, <laughs> then you're just a drug addict. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um so yeah, you did music, you uh played for a long time. Uh what 2015 you started getting you you were obviously already doing gigs and getting paid but in 2015 yeah. it became your your entire life like that you made all the money you needed to make off of music where were you yeah. at, where were you at that point da, 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 China China <laughs> <There it is. laughs> yeah
1: it, that is that is the first place we came as a band and um, and and got got the contract. well we got the contract and then we came here obviously but that was the first place where I quit my job. I was I was actually living in Ukraine because I was starting in Ukraine, my major. And <clears throat> then I stayed there with my wife because I got married there. I was was working in a music shop. And me and my friend, we quit the music shop, got our tickets. And here we are. We went to China and
0: it, it worked out. It worked out pretty well. And you got signed by a Chinese music uh, company, or was it a different we got we
1: got signed yeah the first 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 gigs we were just you know we were just doing gigs like one month there seven days there um and then one one month and a half over there and it was kind of it's it's cool it was not a lot of money just it was like a surviving money mm-hmm. um, you could eat and you could fly and but we we saw a lot of places in China by doing that because we didn't get a stable gig Um we started from the central China then we got contracting northern China near Tibet and there are a lot of beautiful places and different places and we traveled a lot man we traveled I know all about Chinese railway and Chinese air companies and you know and how to travel with instruments and sometimes it was miserable sometimes it was fun but overall it was a, a huge experience for us it was really really fun to be honest but if you ask me do I want to do that again? No, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I'd rather be in Shanghai drinking my tea without coffee. <laughs> Terrible tea. Yeah, uh, but, you know, when you're 25 and you, you've never been to East, um, it's it's it was pretty cool. And then we got the contract. <clears throat> we got the, the company signed us. The Shanghai-based company signed us with the Grand Hyatt Hotel in Chandu it was—it it just opened there, and we were the first band, so we were playing there for seven months, and uh, we didn't get along with the, with the whatever general manager who was there, and um, we kind of quit, or he kicked us out. It it depends on who you ask. <laughs> so. <laughs> And and then we got a contract in 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 Shanghai in in Shangri La Hotel and we were working there, Kerry Center the Expo Center we worked there for a year and a half it was it was a good time and then yeah then then the school that's pretty much it
0: cool yeah, I mean like I think a lot of people that never done music don't understand the track the mind of a musician, of a person who at one point in their lives said that, you know, I'm going to try to make my money off of art. Like most people are just going to look at you like you're nuts. Um, that's just <laughs> in my, right. in my experience. They do. That's, 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 they that's, do. What, that's what it was. But, you know, you
1: know, the most interesting uh, question that um, I've been asked being a musician in, in, in our bar after the, after the sad, uh, the guys were like, okay, so you're musicians, right? And we we're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what do you do for life?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I'm um, being a musician? Play in front of you, man. 40 minutes we were playing on this stage. You're sitting here asking, I mean, you don't believe that this could be the only thing you are doing in life. You know, some of... Uh like hey, but it, yeah, but maybe you're maybe you're an en- engineer or something, you know? <laughs> like, no, no, I'm I'm just playing my guitar and and that's
0: that's how I eat. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I think it really does. There is a, and I think another thing that I I think is really cool that people life after music because what happens is, like when you put all your chips into the into that contract. And like, for example, for the, for going back to the contract that we were going to sign was going to be, we already did three. We, we were, we avoided signing to a small label by, mm-hmm. by, I was an um, auto mechanic. So what I would do mm-hmm. is I, I had a small label. My friend had a small label and it wasn't our friend. It was someone we ended up becoming friends with had a small label and they didn't know anything about cars so I said hey look I'll, I'll help you out I know about cars I'll help you with the logistics of putting together the tour making sure the car doesn't break down this giant RV mm-hmm. that, he got his giant RV that he would, mm-hmm. would pool a giant trailer for for all our equipment <clears throat> and so like what happened was we toured in this thing and what a lot of like when we were transferring from that small label to a big label that was going to be like a big contract like that that contract yeah. that contract was gonna put us on a on a u.s tour and then maybe bounce us into a world tour well wow. and um and pretty much what people don't get is even if you do sign that contract because my uncles were professional musicians are not were they still are professional musicians and one of them mm-hmm. one of them's really big and signed the big contract Uh, with a big label and the other one did more of their own kind of like kind of like you did more make their money off of music had smaller contracts with with smaller smaller companies but makes their money their money off of music the whole time but the guy who went really Mm -hmm. my uncle who went really big he still had to have this transitionary period kind of like a professional fighter that after after it was all kind of said and done it's kind of time to retire and like now what right Because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, the statistics are, but, like, when you think about people who, those rock stars, big bands, like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Rolling Stones, those are, what, maybe 1%, less than 0.003% of the world population. And then if you look at, like, how many pop in the world, how many musicians there are that actually are professional musicians that make money, how many of them actually get to that point? It's like so small, right? It's not the majority. It is. the majority of them don't get to that point. Otherwise- well, the the, the
1: the thing is, there are different layers in uh, in in musicians, um, in musicians, um, whatever sphere. Uh, you can be Rolling Stone, or you can be Eric Clapton, you know. Uh, but you also can be a guy who is touring with Eric Clapton which you you might not know the musicians know him because they are interested in it like have you ever heard of Nathan East for example
0: yeah no you know
1: huh. <clears throat> so Nathan East is one is the bass player for Eric Clapton for example or bass player for uh, for Michael Jackson yeah. or the the bass player for um, the for Prince, you know, he's he's a big guy. the The thing is that he's a musician who is not, uh, he's he's not a face, basically, right? He's a musician. He he also makes a lot of money. He has his own projects going on, and there are tons of musicians like that who are like, because most of the musicians that we know, a lot of them, they are the skill, the musical skill itself is not as high as we think, like the Rolling Stones, right? They, okay, they can play a pentatonic, they are cool, they are the band, they, they have a show, but they also need some, some other musicians sometimes, you know, to help them out or to tour with them and stuff like that. So there is a, there, there, there is a hidden scene of, of, of professional musicians behind the great musicians also. And then you you can be a musician a musician like um, maybe if you are doing, going to a tour, you won't collect a stadium or six five four thousand people, but you're gonna have at least three hundred or five hundred stable listeners in every city you you go. That's that's also a good thing. You know, you are not a superstar, super musician, but there you have your own your own club of appreciation appreciators who are following you. So they are different. You know, then you have you can be a studio musician, or they are they are different. There are a lot of different. So basically, you can make money mm, with music, not only if you are um, you are world rock rock star or something like that that's that's what i'm trying to say
0: and i think i think that's what a lot of people don't get And i think like when i look at it i mean the same can be said about martial arts too like though that same thing that happens in music happens in martial arts i mean there's plenty of just great coaches instructors martial arts instructors that don't necessarily make them that million dollar check but yeah. but they are producing fighters that move on to become professional fighters that make millions and billions of dollars they're just not that person you know and like like that same world exists within martial arts as well as far as the the yeah, professional yeah, aspect yeah. of it
1: of, of course yeah. of course and then in, in, you always in... have the market as, as as aspect you know you you always have somebody who you see and you always have somebody who you don't really see
0: yeah but they are there yeah and I, I think the stuff that you learn in music can be really transferred into everything sure else like sure. I mean like you said for you it, it helped you get the the job as a music teacher um of course yeah for me when I when I decided when I left the band and I decided to become an English teacher I didn't want to study English I studied psychology and mm-hmm. um, when I got to when I got to Japan I got all the certificates needed to teach English but what actually I feel, made i i built my own english school but i think that what really attracted my clients my students i ended up teaching a lot of kids it wasn't the fact that i was teaching english it was the fact that i was playing guitar using music to teach (laughs) english that's what really attracted everyone because because that's kind of cool because they could there was no there wasn't other there was no other english teachers that played guitar so like to this day i have people ask me hey can you please come to our school and like just you know, simple shit. Like just come and play ABCs with the kids, and they pay me r- ridiculous amounts of money to do it. So like, well I know, right? Yeah. So I mean, you
1: are a professional musician te- until technically until you get paid. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Technically, <laughs> you are. technically, I say it's an English teaching gig, but I mean it's a lot. There's a lot of music involved. <laughs>
1: Here you go,
0: Here you go. Everything uh, you learn is
1: necessary. Well,
0: it's uh, uh, funny though, because like again, um, I saw my one of my old uh, one of my old engineers, uh, music engineers, uh, when I went back to the U.S. And he's like, I told yeah. him what, what I'm doing now. And he's like, Yeah, man, you you once you're a rock star, you're always a rock star. It doesn't mean that you're in like in the face. Like, like you said, it doesn't mean like you're like you're out there and you're playing for billions of people, but that never goes away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, obviously, and the reason we went on this side tangent about music, and for all of you that listen to this for only MMA, you know, sorry, you know, we're, it's not just <laughs> MMA. It's live, kids. It's live, it's kids. live. It's live. <laughs> and that, that's the whole reason. I would like more people to understand that People who do MMA have are just like anybody else. We have our lives that we do. How do you balance that, man? Because I know last time we were training, you were asking me that. You're like, I have to like, you know, I have my work, but I still want to get better at my MMA training. And you're, you were asking me that question. But I'm, I'm going to turn that question to you, and then I'll answer. I didn't get to give you a full answer that day because we were in between sparring. But how? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, how, it, how... It, it would be hard in uh, in a full guard position
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to have this conversation. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now block my punches. Now, how do you balance training and work? How do you <laughs> don't get caught in an armbar? How do you balance and work? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh. I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. All, all I can say is um, I come, I come back home because so I, I work normal schedule, right? And nowadays as I have my classroom, I try to practice my music whenever I have time in the school, not, not at home. Um, because then I'm going straight to, to gym, to the gym, and 10 p.m. I end up at home. So basically, I just sleep at home. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and uh, on and beyond that, also I was uh, and I am doing my music, which is kind of like a project thing, and I want to put up a, a nice project. Also takes time. Uh, well, I don't. I don't go to workouts on Saturday and Sunday. That's my music days. I I I do my music. I produce it. I write it. I I sit up and compose it. So it's 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 kind of hard to find the balance between between all of this. But and,
0: and how's this to kind of make it for my listeners who are listening to you right now, and they're like they got their pens and their paper out. They're like, okay. <laughs> I wanna. <laughs> I wanna. Know, <laughs> how, how do I? How do I do it? How, like, just to give an example, what's your schedule look like? Um, how often? How many days? How many days a week do you train? How many hours? And then how? And then what's your work schedule look like? What What are the hours for that look like?
1: So I I, I train at least three times a week, um, and I try to since i got this match up in boxing now I, i'll be doing maybe four or five because i don't want to my my ass kicked get my ass kicked in in that match i'm not a boxer but you know anyway uh, so uh, so my schedule basically i wake up at seven or six it depends on <clears throat> you know it's it's not i i work in two campuses and the schedule is a little bit diverse, so yeah. Most of, of the time, I wake up around seven o'clock. And I go to school. I finish at four thirty. I get my lunch and dinner, and then I head either home, because sometimes we do have uh, we do have sparring and 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 we train in JX club, which you know. Um, it's a little bit closer to my my place, and sometimes we, most of the times we do have UFL, which is kind of far away. And if if I train in UFL, I just head there directly after after I had dinner, and seven to nine and or half past ten. So it's it will be two two hours or two hours and a half.
0: Okay, so like a two, so some, a two to three hour session for training. Yeah, yeah. It's officially it's two hours, but
1: we like to stay and to spar, and to talk, you know. And so it gets to two hours and a half most of those times, yeah. okay. and that's three or four days a week.
0: Okay,
1: that's 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 pretty. And sometimes after that, when I get home <clears throat> at ten. I'll go take a shower. I'll maybe I'll eat something, or maybe some fruits or something. I take my guitar and go to a jam session because I also don't want to lose the skill of stage performance, you know. And I go to it. we we do have like live jam jam sessions here in Shanghai, which are amazing. And if any of the listeners would be here, they have to check it out. So, some places like Shake Shake Club or House of Blues and Jazz or Chair Club amazing places you, you, you got a bunch of musicians going there and just playing awesome. whatever you know to, to my yeah.
0: listen to my listeners um, Nick is gonna send me the links to that it'll be in the video description and it'll also be in the note description on the podcast
1: yeah yeah I'll gladly share <clears throat> so yeah and then, then then you come back 2 or 3 a.m. And then you have to wake up at seven. But I do that once once a week. Once a week. Uh, I jam once a week, m- maximum twice a week, because you can last forever with this kind of schedule. Yeah, yeah. You know, so
0: it's it's all about what you want. You know, if if you so just to kind of su- just to kind of summarize, you work your your nine to five job, nine to five yeah. is that right? Nine to five. Yeah. Work, okay. So you work Yeah your, it's
1: it's eight 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 to five. Eight to most, five. Most, so yeah, so
0: you to. work your eight to five job Monday through Friday. Three days a week you come in for two to three hour sessions for training and then once a yeah. week once a week on the weekend you'll jam out, uh do some nighttime performances for your music till about three AM and whatnot.
1: Most of the times, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there it is. That's that is Nick's schedule and he's trying to get into He's trying to get into, as an amateur, like his goal is to get into amateur MMA. And that's his schedule. Yeah. For those of you listening, trying to figure out like what it looks like. <laughs> that's what it can look like. And then you asked me the same question. How do I balance it? Like you yeah, said, you, yeah. you're like, how do you balance it? And I told you like my training schedule you're, and you're kind of like, you made this wide eyed look when I said I train every day for three hours. <laughs> yeah, for three hours. <laughs> like, was, so what, what, I, what, I wanted, what I really wanted to clarify, and I didn't get to mention to you, is I can only do that because I own my own gym. And before oh, I before right. I owned my own gym, I created a small space. I had a small garage where I put my heavy bag, a timing bag. Uh, I put some... Uh, I, and I've always had this. I've always had a small space. Wherever I lived Where in my, my whole life, I'd always set aside a room or a garage... Where I'd throw in some some uh, a bench press machine and a squat machine, not a machine, yeah, a squat rack, a bench rack, yeah, 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 uh, a heavy bag, a timing bag, and I created this routine back then. As time went by, I added hours, but um, when I was at when I was kind of at your level, where I wasn't, I was like trying to enter the scene and I wasn't actually competing as much. I was probably I was probably doing about an hour an hour or two a day i would say yeah where i would split in my workouts with a 30 minute bag session cardio and then like maybe 30 minutes to an hour of weightlifting afterwards mhm and um, as time went by it didn't really turn into 3 hours until until i moved to japan and i got tricked into doing a pro fight like it wasn't my plan and i got there. <laughs> seriously like it was i was signed up as an amateur fight and i got there and there's cameras i'm like oh fuck this is a pro fight and uh, the rules the rules were the rules were adapted to be amateur which i think would i would have done better in with pro rules but well that's that's a different podcast um <laughs> but, but so, after that we'll do that later
1: yeah <laughs> after
0: that fight um I felt like, if well, if I'm going to be doing... If I'm going to get snuck up on and all of a sudden I'll be having a pro fight, like, I should train better. And I, I started doing three-hour sessions. Um, and my schedule was like... I would, As an English teacher, I work at night. So I don't work... Like if I had a daytime schedule, I'd be doing this at, in the evening. And, right. um, and most of it's done by myself. Like I only train with other people. I only train with other people just like you three times a week. I train with other people three times a week. Uh, well now I teach. So now I do more than that, but like there was a point where I wasn't teaching and very similar to you. I was mostly training by myself in that space I told you about. And I would train five days a week for about one to two hours. And then I would train with other people twice a week. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, that's it turned into what it is now because i i made my space even bigger and now that i'm teaching i have more people to train with and that's why i'm able to get away with like three sometimes four or five hours in a day where i do like in the morning i'll i'll do my uh my routine which takes three hours which is about one hour of bag work, one hour of weightlifting and one hour of like shadow boxing, if if you will, in like curriculum that I that I cover. And then mm. at, at night I will teach and that'll bring me into another hour, hour and a half. But that's just that's how I ended up like that. It's not like this crazy intense thing where I'm training all at once. Sometimes I'll do an hour, or two in the morning, an hour or two in the evening. But um mm-hmm. That's how that happened. Like, it's not... It, it sounds intense, but it really isn't. It really isn't. I. I, I yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I really, now I have a picture. Yeah, to, to give you more of an idea of how, how I did yeah. that. Like, even if in your case, you were trying to figure out, how can I add a little more to my training? Um, if you can find a space where you can at least hit a bag, uh, maybe you don't have one, but maybe if you can find a place to hit a bag... Um, that's nearby to you to make it so that you can add a few more of those days if, if that's feasible for you. And yeah. even if you don't have a bag, um, even if you can just get in like uh, some cardio through shadow boxing, then that's another way to, to get that in there. Like you can squeeze in on the days that you're not training with other people. You can squeeze in a 30 minute, 12 round session of shadow boxing where you work all your boxing... Co- if you're doing, if you're getting ready for a boxing match, you pick your combinations that you want to work on. Work on maybe footwork for two rounds, where you do like skip rope. And then your other 10 rounds are going to be... If you're only boxing, you're going to pick one combination per round. Otherwise, you'll get bored. So like you pick one combination per round or two rounds, so that's really solid. It's like a jab, your jab, straight, hook, or whatever combination you want to work on. And you go through that... And that will really help you ingrain your combinations into your muscle memory. And you can yeah. squeeze, and you can squeeze that in anywhere. Like you can squeeze that in. I don't know if you if, depending on where you live. If if you can squeeze it in your house, great. If you have, if you're in an apartment and you don't want to bother your neighbors, you can throw a hoodie on and go to the park and do it. That's what I used to do too. But yeah, man. Enough of my rant. How? Uh, I guess we're getting ready for a wrap up here. And my my question for you is what's your advice to anyone interested in to getting into mma
1: well first of all don't be afraid you know the the mma fighters are the same same level same skilled Uh, they are noobs they are pros they are all level fighters over there and um I feel like MMA is one of the best things in martial arts you can learn because it combines so many so many aspects of all martial arts, right? It has boxing, jiu-jitsu, ground wrestling, right? You can and you can always find <clears throat> something that you like more or less in MMA and and do that. I mean, if you are a great, uh, ground fighter, you can do that. If you like submission games, you can be focused on that, but still, still, still be focused on your little bit of your punching, a little bit of your kicking. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's just, if you want to train at MMA and MMA, just, just do it, just do it. It's nothing scary. We are all people, and uh, we are all it's it's always like it's it's not like you step in there and you get killed immediately destroyed by your opponents no but it, even even during our sparring sessions we we have people who are not even sparring because they're like i I'm just doing that for fun, I don't want to spar or even when you're sparring, it is very important to. Spar with the with a person you know or a person you trust, uh, um, because a sparring session is, is is a very important part of it. And when sometimes you get sparring partner who is just going nuts on you, and it's okay to bail. It's okay to say, "Hey, man, uh, I don't feel like I don't I want to spar with you." Because the most important thing during the whole sparring and workout sessions is not to get injured that's the most important part we you you have to train in the way that you don't get any injuries even so you have to go soft really 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 soft and and there is nothing to be afraid of we are all people we can talk we have we have mouth <laughs> Well, yeah, we we always can negotiate. We always can say, hey, I want to spar with you or don't go so hard. Go like 10% or 20%. Even though sometimes percentage doesn't matter for, <laughs> for people. Somebody, you say 20%
0: and they just... Their just, their 20% just... is not your 20%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their 20% is not...
1: The, and their, sometimes their understanding of 20% is not... <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just like, Dude, you know it's 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 all like um, it, it's 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 all negotiable. That's that's what I want want to say, and uh, yeah, find a find a good find a good spot, find a good spot, find a good coach. Go to one place, go to another place, go to couple places, see it, work out there, do work out in each of it uh see the atmosphere atmosphere is what really really matters because you're gonna you're gonna spend there uh, like at least two days of your maybe uh of your week so if you don't like okay if you like coach but you don't like atmosphere it also does matter because you're not gonna be a professional fighter but yeah of course if you are a professional fighter then you have, you don't have to ask me <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I'm not the guy to be asked. So, yeah, in the end of the day, you are doing that for yourself, and you have to like it. If you like it there, stay there. If you don't like it, just quit. Go to another place. Yeah, I guess. And cover up. Keep your hands up. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's the... That's the most important things. Don't go crazy.
0: Don't kill yourself on trainings. That is
1: that is also important.
0: And I, I know that um, a lot of my listeners, I have a lot of listeners that are professional coaches. And, and I also have a lot of listeners that are just starting off. And that's why I think it's really important that you share that thought process. Because, I mean, I can talk, you know, the professional coaches I interview and the stuff I say, that's all coming from people that, have been doing martial arts for over 16, 18 years. So, yeah, we have a lot of experience. But I think, I'd, I hope my listeners, the ones that are, are interested in getting into MMA that have never done it, I really hope you can listen to Nick's story and realize that Nick is just like you. Nick was just like you, what? How long have you been doing MMA now? Three years?
1: Uh, no, no, no. It's, it,
0: It's been a year. One year. A year. One year. Yeah. So he's only been doing it for one year, right? So he... <clears throat> Like this is a great thing to think about, because he's exactly where you, if you're kind of on the fence about getting into MMA, he was there less than a year ago. (laughs) Right. So when he when he says about like it's it there are people just like everyone else, it's not just. Like, I say that all the time, but people are like, yeah, but you've been doing this for 20 years. Like, it's easy, <laughs> it, it's easy for you to say that it's no right. big deal to get punched in the face when you've been getting punched in the face. And you're probably the one <laughs> doing most of the punching. So, like, <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> so that's why I wanted I want you to come out here and let people know, like, you know, like, it, this, is, this, this is an all levels welcome kind of thing. And uh, I hope that's one thing my listeners can get out of this. Well, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to share your stories, your knowledge, and and your insight uh, as a musician and as a martial artist. Um, yeah. Again, you, are you in a band? Is there a band that I should be mentioning here to people? Uh, no, no, no. No, no, okay. <clears throat> Alright. But do keep an eye on the, on the episode descriptions to be able to see Nick perform live at the gigs that he does. Um, he's going to I'm going to have a a link to those things in the the episode notes on iTunes and also in the video description on YouTube. So keep an eye out for that.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, for my listeners, stay tuned for the wrap-up. And that's a wrap. Hey, thank you all very much for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. As I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to get a thousand subscribers on my YouTube. If you're already watching this on YouTube, just hit subscribe. I promise you that I'm not going to bombard you with junk content i only release two podcasts sometimes three a month and as far as youtube videos i probably only release one like with the podcast maybe like four to five videos a month so you're not going to get bombarded by notifications by my by my work but i am trying to hit a thousand subscribers that's all i really want not so much for the financial stuff But to be able to push more content, once I hit a 1,000 subscribers, it allows me to start posting messages up on YouTube. It allows me to uh, do live videos from my phone, which I'm not allowed to do right now because of YouTube's policy. So if you can do that, that would be just awesome. That's all I got to say. All right. Well, hey, I'll catch y'all later. Uh, Cheesy line, train your mind, body, and spirit every day. (laughs) Peace.